and gentlemen and boys and ghouls, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Tales from the Crypt. My name is Glenn and I will be your host as together we explore the wonderful world that is Gateway Horror. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started. That sound, of course, can only mean one thing. It is time for The Buzz. The Buzz is our semi-weekly news segment where we like to talk about some of the goings-on in the world that is horror. So there are a couple things I'd like to bring to the table today. And the first one I am equal parts nervous about and also just as uh, equally excited. And that's the fact that The Conjuring 2 is actually going to get its own spin-off um, series of movies. Now, I'm when I first read this, you know, I was the main reason for my concern is I was really nervous that they were going to go with the direction of like Crooked Man. Um, the Crooked Man is like this weird little nursery rhyme and character in The Conjuring 2 that, you know, I guess maybe is creepy like once or twice, but then when you actually see it in motion, it just doesn't really live up to the hype. It's kind of cheesy. Um, but instead, they decided to go uh, with one of The Conjuring 2's most unsettling moments, and they're using uh, The Nun in the spinoff. Now, there is this very, very terrifying um, painting of a nun that um, later like actually leaves the painting and comes out into the physical world to uh, scare you. Uh, and it's super unsettling. And, you know, I'm anxious to kind of see what direction they take that with. I really, really enjoy Insidious. I enjoy the first Conjuring a lot. So to me, getting kind of like a spinoff or a continuation of that story uh, is super exciting. If you are excited for this, let me know over on Twitter at From the Crib. And let's talk about what you think about this um conjuring universe expanding personally i'm hoping you know we kind of get like almost you know as, as they kind of milk these franchises for as much money as they're worth i would love to see almost like a greatest hits um you know movie that kind of encompasses everything you know i want to see annabelle i want to see um, um let's go with the nun or the crooked man i want to see the demon from insidious i want to see all that stuff together wrapped up into one like ultimate movie um, and I feel like it can be done um, in, in an interesting way. I, I, don't, I don't know what that is, but maybe one day after, you know, um, they've cashed in on these franchises as much as possible, maybe we'll get it. And you know what? Anytime that universe expands, I think it's great. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like a throwback to the world uh, or the time, you know, when we had like a whole bunch of Nightmare on Elm Street movies or a whole bunch of Friday the 13th or even more recently, like, you know, Child's Play or Leprechaun. Um, we, we, these franchises have been missing for so long and now they're kind of getting resurrected through Insidious, The Conjuring, Annabelle. Um, so it's it's great to see franchise horror making a return. But I got more to talk about, so let's go ahead and just keep it rolling. Speaking of things making a return, um, Night Trap is actually going to get a remake uh, from a company called Limited Run Games. Now let me uh, kind of lay both of these things out there for you in case you're not familiar um, with what um, Night Trap or Limited Run Games does. Now, Night Trap was a game that was on, um, let's go with the Sega CD and the Sega 32X. These were add-ons for the Genesis uh, system um, of uh, video gaming, shall we say. Genesis Sega uh, system. And basically, um, 
you would play this game and it was almost like think of like five nights at freddy's um where you're controlling these different cameras and you have to kind of like uh interact with people in the room but in night trap you're controlling these cameras trying to um uh, save these uh, girls. It's like a slasher uh, type thing, but it's really not quite that. Um, it's, it's very, very tame by like today's standards. Um, but this is kind of like um, it was like a cult like hit or has become a cult hit because it's one of the first full motion video games um, that was uh, released and definitely the first one that was like horror themed. So, you know, at the time it got a lot of protests, but looking back on it, it's really it's really rather silly. Kind of one of those so bad it's good type things. Uh, and Limited Run Games is actually going ahead and remastering it um, so that it's available for purchase. You'll be able to get it um, a digital download and also a physical copy, and that's where the Limited Run thing uh, comes in. There's only so many copies of it. But what's neat about Night Trap is that it was actually filmed on film, um, and at the time, you know, like, the, the system that could play this, like, you know, the Sega, the 32X or the Sega CD, it just really didn't have, like, like the technology behind it to be able to play um, what they filmed um, in a high enough resolution. You were looking at, like, an extremely pixelated image. Um, but now, you know, through the beauty of technology and remastering, you're going to get, like, a nice cleaned up version of Night Trap on a Blu-ray from the film. Um, so um, you'll be able to, almost like playing it, like, for the first time you'll be able to play it how people intended um so keep an eye out for night trap on limited run games and if you're excited about that release make sure that you stay on top of it um because once it's out there it'll sell out and then it'll get super pricey and i think this is going to attract a wide variety of audience um, of not just people who like to co collect the limited games but also you know people like you and me who are horror fans who want to be able to like watch it and play it so i feel like this one's going to get super pricey even even in the world of retro video game collecting night trap is one that people seek out so i feel like there's going to be a lot of demand for this and lastly you know what I'm, i've been a big fan of um using this segment here to kind of talk about movies that are out that I think look interesting. Interesting. Well, easy for me to say. And uh, this movie is no exception to that. Um, this movie is called 24 by 36, and it is all about the construction of and kind of like the story behind movie posters. So I thought that would be super interesting because no matter what type of movie fan you are, chances are you have a favorite movie poster or maybe you have some movie posters hanging up in your office or, uh, you know, in your room, depending on, uh, you know, how old you are and uh, <laughs> what you're allowed to get away with in your house. Um, but let's go ahead and I'm just going to go um, right ahead and play the trailer for 24 by 36. Uh, that's the name of this uh, documentary, and you can actually rent it over on YouTube. I think you can rent the standard definition for like $3.99, but it is a few other places. But without any further ado, let's check out the trailer for 24 by 36. When I was a kid, the first connection you would have with a movie is seeing the poster. But I had a neighborhood theater, and uh, when I would go to the movies, they would have a hall where they had six or seven posters for pictures that were coming. And that's how you could gauge what you were going to do with the next couple of months of your life. Prior to about 1965, they never really gave the artists credit for their work. That said, people now want the original release poster for a Bob Peak film or uh, a Struzan film. 
Movie poster art is revered now. Um, the ironic thing is that as much as we love it, um, it's an art that is pretty much dead. The studios aren't hiring illustrators anymore. And it's sad. The fans have taken it upon themselves to uh, create magic. That's, that's, that's incredible. So I think that what we're doing is going to impact commercial films. And it gives me hope. It's, it's purely a love thing. That documentary looks awesome. So not only is it about, uh, you know, the, I guess the hidden business of uh, movie poster film um, making, uh, it's also kind of uh, about the, I, I guess, like the fan tribute posters that you see so many times when you see like a really cool, like new modern version of a classic movie. Um, definitely take a look at that. That is 24 by 36. And if you have seen this, uh, tell me what your impressions are over on Twitter, because I would absolutely, positively Love to hear from you. We have such sights to show you. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and talk about I Scream, You Stream. A little segment where we like to kind of recap some of the streaming movies that are, are available on a wide variety of the services that we subscribe to. And uh, this week is uh, really no um, no exception to the rule. Um, staying with some of the big services, we're going to talk about a little bit about Netflix Amazon, and of course, HBO. Now, let's go ahead and just start off with the big one in the room, which is going to be Netflix. And Netflix just added Gremlins over to its streaming selection. Now, we are a little bit outside of, like, you know, the classic time where we usually watch Gremlins around the holidays and things like that. However, Gremlins, I feel like, is a timeless classic. When it comes to gateway horror, Gremlins is definitely where it's at um there are some frightening scenes in it but you know more or less it's one movie that i feel like everybody should absolutely see if for some reason you have not seen gremlins i would definitely like to hear like what you thought of after your first watch i grew up with this movie i feel like so many people have uh you know and if you have somebody um like a like a child in your in your in your life um that uh you know that could handle like a scarier movie and is and is ready to kind of like explore you know that world this movie might be one to start them out with um because it's not too i feel like it's like right on the line of so many things it's not really too violent there are some scenes but it's like six scenes where like the gremlins have like a gun and things like that it's kind of it's kind of like I mean, the whole movie itself is far-fetched, right? These creatures um, that can uh, reproduce and are allergic to sunlight. Um, but I feel like it's probably a good one to start off with. It's what I started off with, and I, you know, I'm still around, so I feel like why not give Gremlins a shot? And even you know, if you if you're just looking to watch it, Gremlins, Netflix, go ahead, get it done. Um, next movie that uh, I want to bring up is you know, this movie's not really for me. I don't really get into this uh, series of movies, but some people out there like it, and it bridges um, 
the gap of, uh, I guess, horror, comedy, way more on the comedy side. And that is going to be the Addams Family. Now they have both Addams Family and the uh, the first movie in the in the series, and the Addams Family Values as well. Now these are the '90s, um, you know, movies starring uh, Christopher Lloyd uh, as Uncle Fester. Um, and Christina Ricci as Wednesday Adams. A lot of us, um, at least around my age, grew up with this movie as well. Um, and I do appreciate it now a little bit more than, um, you know, now that I'm older um, than I did when I was younger. Because, like, it's one, it's definitely one of those movies where you watch it back and there's all types of these jokes that just, like, flew right over your head uh, when you were a kid. Um, but this is uh, a movie I feel like you either, either love or you hate. Um, and you know, I guess I kind of, be honest with you, I lean towards hate a little bit, but it, it is over there. You can watch both of the Adams family movies streaming over on Amazon. Uh, so if you have Amazon prime, it's a great place to go and take advantage of the fact that you have all those streaming movies. Um, if anyone's a big fan of Amazon prime and you've got like some hidden gems on there that you'd like to share, by all means, let me know. I want to hear about them. And lastly, we're going to go ahead and talk about one of the more premium services, um, other you really do pay for Amazon uh, Prime, uh, and that's going to be the Poltergeist remake over on HBO. Now, you know, it's so weird because HBO used to be the place that you would go to to watch like all the latest movies, and I feel like for some people it probably still is, but now in like the new like renaissance of TV shows that are available from streaming networks, streaming services, um, HBO has really become like the house that like uh, Game of Thrones built. Um, although it's definitely been huge since uh, Sopranos, and I mean, there's so many original series that they have, but in the most recent of times, that's been kind of like the big thing is like people watching all the HBO series or even their documentaries. Um, but in this situation, I'm talking about HBO for one of their streaming movies. And I love Poltergeist. You know, I love the original, I love the sequels, and you know, the remake, I'm super, I'll be honest with you, I have not seen it yet, and this is where I'm going to go to watch it because I've been, I feel like I've been waiting since I saw the preview for this. I've been waiting for the chance to be able to watch it on HBO because it's one of those things that, um, you know, had I had had a chance to go see this in the theater, I would have went. But for some reason, I wasn't able to get there. Uh, am I am I going to, you know, plunk down the movie to buy this on Blu-ray? Maybe not. Maybe if it's on a super, super cheap sale. Um, but I would I would say, like, I'll definitely watch this as soon as it hits Netflix or as soon as it hits HBO. And this is one of those times. Poltergeist is like, you know, it's time for that movie to be remade. Um, yes, I do feel like it's a modern classic, but I, for the most part, don't really think that any movie is completely untouchable. Uh, and that story itself, Poltergeist, is like, it's you know, it's so cool and it fits in so well with all of the things that are popular now um um the thing like uh like insidious is more or less like a modern retelling of poltergeist like bended bended in a few different ways and with a lot more jump scares so the fact that they decided to remake poltergeist and this kind of you know, return of the success of like you know pg-13 horror um, it, it makes total sense uh, and I would personally like I'd love to see like I'm super excited to kind of see what happens with the clown uh, and the tree and like what little like nods to the original they have in there um, so that being said I would definitely watch this um, on HBO 
Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, it's rated PG-13, so another great movie to possibly start off with. And, you know, people see these remakes and they get so upset, you know, or they see these PG-13 horror movies. Uh, and I was recently at a horror convention and somebody had a shirt on that said, make horror rated R again. Uh, and I thought it was, you know, I thought it was funny. Um, and, I mean, yeah, sometimes a movie, like a horror movie, depending on what the what the story is, it does need that R rating to kind of really fulfill it and take it to the you know where it needs to go whether that's intense scares or maybe there's like a super gory scene um you know they sometimes they need that but a lot of times especially in the terms of like the the, the movies that i feel like are the scariest like ghost stories they don't need that rating uh, and by not having that rating if you can kind of skirt that that edge and walk that line of you know is it um, is it r or is it pg-13 the more so you can stay on the side of pg-13 more people will see your movie. You will get more people in there, and you'll kind of expose a whole other generation to the PG-13 horror and to the genre itself. Uh, the movie will be more successful, and then maybe in the future, if you want to take it in a little bit of a more intense direction, you can. Um, and I feel like that kind of filters into the whole franchise horror and kind of gets that ball rolling. So I feel like one plays off of the other. So I feel like if you can tell a good, scary story, and still, you know, keep that PG-13 rating without sacrificing the story or the movie itself, then, you know, why not? Um, I feel like that's, I'm giving, I don't know how I get to that from uh, Poltergeist, aside from the fact that it's PG-13, but long story short, if you have seen the Poltergeist remake, please talk to me about it, because this is a movie that is very near and dear to me. I probably started off as Poltergeist being one of the first scary movies I've ever seen, so that being said, I am excited to take a look at it. Shop smart. Shop S-smart. You got that? All right, ladies and gentlemen, now that we have uh, perused the streaming shelves, let's go ahead and take a look at the physical shelves in Shop Smart, the segment where I like to highlight some of the newly um, affordable Blu-rays over on the Amazon machine. And I have, looks like I got three picks for you this week, and I like to start off with the cheapest and kind of work my way up. And the cheapest, speaking of PG-13 horror and The Conjuring, and um, Annabelle and that whole world, you can pick up the original Insidious, the first one for $7.88. Um, I saw that when I first saw this movie in the theater, like, I mean, I was, I was blown away. The music cues, the jump scares, and just like the whole story of the, you know, the astral projection and going into the further. Um, it did seem, um, I just said it a few moments ago, it did seem like a modern day um, retelling of. Um, poltergeist but I loved that throwback and when this movie was loud and like you know you were in a packed theater some of the it's some of the most I feel like most scary moments I've seen like in a movie theater in recent memory were from this movie um, some people like to say that uh, you know the the demon looks like kind of cheesy um, but I, I gotta say, if you think, if you're watching this and you think he looks cheesy, I mean, yes, on his own, he does. But when you sit down and you watch the movie and it's just you in a dark room, this movie is scary. I don't care what anybody says. Um, and this, the fact that they somehow were able to get this to be PG-13, you know, that is James Wan just being the straight up master of his craft. Because um, I have no idea how he was able to sneak this one by. But you cannot let it sneak by you for $7.88. Um, 
Next, uh, let's go ahead and talk about, I mean, another classic, um, and that's going to be Ghostbusters 1 and 2 on a Digibook. Now, this packaging is, um, basically, you get um, Ghostbusters 1 and 2 on Blu-ray. They're each in separate discs, and a Digibook packaging some people really like and some people hate. I'm a fan of it. Basically, it's a book that folds open. You have maybe, like, let's say a dozen pages of glossy pictures, and then you have the discs. I think they look cool. And for eight dollars and forty nine cents, I mean, you're getting less. You're getting these two movies for less than four fifty a piece, and these are the new four K transfers. And the price that I am quoting you here, um, this eight forty nine, it's actually the Amazon used copy. It's a like new one, uh, and they have uh, several in stock. Um, you can go ahead and uh, go pick that up. But even if you miss out on it, I think the brand new one is like ten bucks. But you know, hey man, I'm trying. I'm I'm the school of thought of. You know, save as much as you can, and then maybe you can get an extra movie that you wouldn't be able to get normally. And this actually just arrived for me the other day. I couldn't pass on it for that price because I was scanning through my collection, and I'm like, I don't have, I don't have Ghostbusters. Um, and I, I had to pick this up, and this thing looks brand new. So definitely can't go wrong with Ghostbusters for $8.49. And lastly is a true, true classic, another movie that I, um, you know, I... I guess I grew up on it. I used to collect uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies. I used to save up each week, um, and I would try to be able to afford a VHS tape if I could. And it was always either a James Bond movie or an Alfred Hitchcock movie, because I love me some James Bond. Um, but uh, the movie that I'm referring to here is Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Um, the Birds kind of like, I don't know, it just like blew me away when I was a kid. The fact that, like, you know, these these creatures were just, like, out there and, like, on the attack. And the fact that, you know, it could more or less be real. You know, like, it could it could happen one day. The birds could go crazy. Um, I, That whole thing, like, really, like, I, I just thought that was nuts when I was a kid. Um, The Birds is probably not my favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie, but uh, it's definitely one of them. Uh, I feel like I really love Strangers on a Train, and I love Rope a lot. Um, but I do love the birds, and for twelve dollars and ninety-two cents, that is awesome. Um, that's a great deal. Um, but I will say this: if you are looking for Alfred Hitchcock Blu-rays, go ahead and do yourself a huge favor, and um, go ahead and just go type in like Alfred Hitchcock Region Free uh, on Amazon, and take a look and see what type of collections are out there. Because I guarantee you that there is one that has the birds on it, uh, as well as a bunch of other films for a very, very good price. Uh, and if you think you have one that's uh, that's looking pretty good, um, take it another step further and switch over to the Amazon UK store um, because there's a lot of collections there that are region free um, that sometimes might even be cheaper uh, to you know import them than to buy them from um, directly from uh, Amazon here in the U.S. So always uh, you know always do yourself a favor, pop into that UK store because you really never know um, you know what you might find there. And now for our feature presentation. been edited or enhanced. It is the voice of Ruth Baxter. 
This voice was recorded in August 2003. Ruth Baxter died in 1987. Electronic voice phenomenon, EVP, is the process by which the dead, through sound and image, communicate with the living through the static and white noise of modern electronic devices. can reach us. Mr. Rivers, do you want to hear your wife? But if they can come through, who else can come through? It is one thing to contact the dead. It is another thing to meddle, and you are meddling. The subject of some movies is so disturbing that those who experience them will never be the same again. No! White noise. I thought white noise when it first came out was the was awesome i thought it was super super creepy as soon as i first saw that trailer of evp i was like this is this is a thing and immediately you know i hopped online jumped on the wikipedia and started reading about it as much as i could and then i saw that you know like yes this is a practice that you know that people do there are people who like you know i mean they don't go to college for this but um, there are people who do make this you know part of their profession and the fact that people go through and they try to like hear these voices and stuff it just it kind of just blew me away and i love i love when scary movies have like like a little tinge of reality to them and that's probably why i feel like ghost stories are probably some of the creepiest because you know it's not it's not like you're gonna run into uh jason you know, I mean, your house is not going to be built on like, you know, in, in like an ancient Indian burial ground, like in Poltergeist. Um, however, like ghosts in general, that that's something that at least I feel like most people will be like, well, maybe, you know, and white noise kind of I feel like grounds it in reality a little bit more by saying like, listen, whether or not you actually believe if ghosts are real, you can't like. I guess you could be reading into some of these EVP things, but it kind of just gives you more of a physical evidence of like, you know, are these ghosts or are these just recordings that, that you hear being played back? And, you know, that's up to that's up to you to decide. Um, but if anything, it does white noise kind of just like brings this phenomenon to, um, I guess, to the masses and kind of forces you to kind of question whether or not you believe it. And White Noise, I I was super excited to see also because it stars Michael Keaton. And I this movie came out in 2005 while Michael Keaton hadn't, um, you know, recently gone through like his resurgence in popularity. So this is pre-Birdman. This is pre-Toy um, Story 3. Um, this is, um, you know, pre, I think he's in the new Spider-Man movie. Um, so, I mean, this is when he was still definitely very, I mean, highly, highly well-known. Michael Keaton's been acting for, like, well over 30 years. Um, but this was at a time where he was, like, you know, seeing him in a starring role, uh, I mean, I was I was super excited. Because to me, Michael Keaton, he's my Batman, and I love Beetlejuice. So, the fact that he is starring in this movie, I was 
static. Um, and basically, Michael Keaton is a father whose wife um, starts to go goes missing, and then they later realize that she is actually passed away. Uh, she drowned, um, and he starts to um, he learns about the EVP phenomenon and starts to like hear her voice. But he also hears the voice of others, and he starts to go through to try to um, kind of like help um, people who. Um, who I guess know the ghosts that he that he hears, um, and he tries to kind of use EVP for good, but he's doing it like a little too much, and they kind of warn him. They're like, "Hey, like, don't get into this too much. You might not like, you know, who you talk to or who you find out there." Uh, and you know, sure enough, that's uh, things kind of take a turn for the worse. Um, but this movie, I feel like some people they might think it's a little cheesy, and there are definitely some laugh out loud moments, but there are some generally um, creepy moments too. Um, and this is a perfect example, I feel like, of uh, PG-13 horror, uh, kind of like at its best. Because you do see a little bit of the ghosts, but it does rely on a lot of jump scares, music cues, and just general, like, creepiness. Um, and this movie is rated PG-13, so pretty much anybody can go and watch it. Um, there's not really any language, there's not really that much violence. I mean, it's like ghost violence, which is not, not too, it's not too, not too crazy. Um, and, uh, there are some, definitely some funny moments to kind of like break it up. I feel like they're almost funny, like not on purpose. Uh, they kind of, <laughs> it's kind of just how the story plays out. There's one scene where Michael Keaton is driving down the street, um, and he's, uh, like looking something up, um, on his cell phone or in a, maybe it's a newspaper and his eyes are off the road for a good, like two minutes as he's driving and he's driving through like a busy city. Uh, and like you're, I remember wa sitting in the theater watching this as Michael Keaton's driving down the city. I'm like, he is still driving a car, right? And sure enough, he swears to get out of the way, but it goes on for a ridiculous amount of time. Um, but white noise, I am a big fan of because the whole EVP phenomenon, you can definitely get yourself creeped out if you start reading about that and listening to like the samples of it. Um, and then there's all types of apps that, uh, that you can listen to um, that kind of like generate fake ones. And then there's some real like legit recording apps that uh, are on the app store and other places you can go. And you're like, Ooh, should I do this myself? Do I want to keep what's in my house? And probably not a little, a little too, a little too scary for me. Um, but anytime a movie like can actually kind of introduce something that is super scary. Um, yeah, I feel like that doesn't happen too often. So even though white noise sometimes has its moments where it's a little frightening, um, it does kind of deal with a theme that can be very frightening. So I think that white noise is an excellent pick uh, for our um, main feature here on Tales from the Crypt. And there is also a sequel to it um, that was actually reviewed even better than the original. So if you like white noise and you are hungry for more, there is in fact a sequel that you can check out. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going ahead and wrap up this episode of Tales from the Crib. Thank you for tuning in. And of course, if you have uh, checked out any of the movies on Ice Cream Ustream or Shop Smart, or you want to talk to me a little bit about white noise and let me know why you think it's ridiculous that I picked it, by all means, reach out to me over on Twitter at From the Crib.